All right, turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 is where we'll be today. And uh, let me see. What's going to fall? I did that, did that this week. You know, if you, if you set it halfway on there, it soars right down that aisle. <laughs> Your Bible just goes. It's craziness. All right. Lots of things have been going on around the church here lately. Did Austin show up? Is Austin here? I don't see Austin. Okay, good. All right. Austin Montgomery is with Montgomery Construction. They've been doing the shingles. As you can tell, there's been lots of things going on with the shingling. That should be done this next week. And so we've got that going on. We've had the construction projects going on. Uh, the landscape is looking better. The fence is getting done. Things are moving around the church. As you can tell, not just on the outside, but on the inside, as you heard from the students' report earlier about the mission trip, about, you know, VBS earlier this summer, the camps, the student camp, the kids' camp. Lots of things are going on, and so it's great to be here in this church. It's great to be part of this family and to see all the many things going on. We're going to be talking from Matthew chapter 14 today. Now, I'm going to include several other passages because, as we know in the Gospels, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and there are several stories that are in all the different Gospels. Now, one, one passage in John may not include the story of Peter getting out of the boat, or in my... In, it might include something else, which it does, that Matthew doesn't. However, when we look at the Gospels, to believe that every word is inspired by God and every word is true, then we have to take it all as face value. It's what, is, what it says in John, what it says in, in Mark, what it says in Matthew about the passage we'll read is all true from different points of view. Now, there were 12 disciples around then. If you get 12 of us in a room, we're going to come up with different sides, of, different sides of the coin, different points of view, definitely. Like if I were to talk about sports and ask about the, I was going to say Cowboys. We're all on the same page there. Let's go to the Rangers. How about the Rangers? If we talk about are the Rangers going to win the World Series this year, people may have different points of view. Some people may like the Astros. Some, I hope not. Good. good. Whew. But most of us like the Rangers. Growing up around here, uh, there were many years where it was just not good. Season, I mean, you could buy tickets in September and get up really, really close to see the players. It was great. You could get all kinds of autographs because the teams weren't really winning at all. But nowadays the teams are doing great. And so, you know, if we talk about different sports things, people have different points of view. When it talks about the Gospels, we, we see that as different points of view. But it's all the harmony as it all comes together to tell the story of God's Word. Now we're going to start in... Uh, in uh, Chapter 14, verse 22. Let me give you a, a little bit of history of where, what has gone on here. Where Jesus has, uh, he went to Nazareth to proclaim, uh, had, you know, the gospel there, and he was rejected. His hometown, and he was rejected. So he left there. He gets on down the road, and he hears that his own cousin, John the Baptist, was beheaded. Not a good thing. Because John the Baptist was there proclaiming that Jesus was coming to all those in the wilderness and proclaiming and baptizing people right and left and baptized Jesus. So they had a very close, tight bond, but yet now he's dead. This is all going on. They're tired. They've been on the road so much. They sit down along a hillside, and they, they just want to rest. He's sitting there with his disciples, and all these people start gathering around. All these people gathering around, and you know, Jesus is there. He's going to minister to them. He's going to teach them. He's going to talk with them at this point. It starts getting late in the day, and the disciples say, Lord, we need to send them off. Send them up to Taco Bell, get some food, get, because we're out here in the wilderness. They're going to starve. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be upset in a little bit. Send them home and send them off to do something else. 
And that way we can rest, we can get some, some food ourselves and be fine for the evening. Well, what happens? Jesus turns to them and says, why don't you feed them? Now, Jesus knew what was going on. We can read that in the story. of Jesus knew that they didn't have any food, they didn't have a mule carrying all their, their food to feed all these people. The Bible says there's 5,000 men plus the women and children. So it could be 10,000, 15,000 people there. They sure didn't have enough food. So the disciples were wanting to send them on down the road, but they didn't because uh, Jesus said, feed them. And so they found a young boy with, uh, with uh, five, uh, five loaves and two fish, and Jesus gave thanks and broke it. And you know the story, how it fed all of them and still had 12 baskets of leftovers. So Jesus has all this going on. The crowd is amazed. They're all, you know, going crazy because of all this happened. Jesus is performing this miracle. They fed this many. And so we get to verse 22. And it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the crowds. To the, I mean, go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a mile from the land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Okay, so Jesus knows what's happening. The people were in search of a king. They wanted a Messiah. Back in the olden times, all the way back in the Old Testament, it talked about a coming Messiah. And it followed right along who Jesus was. The things Jesus was doing was right along who this Messiah was going to be. So they were going to step in and try and take this guy by force and make him the king. Jesus knew that. He knew what was going on. Also, he knew his disciples hadn't caught on yet by who he was yet. He knew that if given the chance, they'd say, yeah, pick him. He's a good one. Take him. Make him king. And so he immediately put them in the boat and sent them off. And then he stayed there to pray. Now, why did Jesus need to pray? Sure, he needed to show us that he needed to stay in connection with God. But just the things that I just talked about here recently of, of rejected in his hometown. I mean, people were saying, isn't that Joseph's son, the carpenter? I mean, come on, that's James's brother. Why should we listen to him? Why should we listen to him tell us what to do? I remember we played on the playground together. He's just weird. He didn't do wrong like we did. You know, that kind of thing. Just altogether different. And so he was rejected there. The death of John the Baptist, like I talked about. And not being able to get away. Like I said, they sat down there to rest, and here came the people. People were always gathered around Jesus. And so everywhere he went, people were there. People were following, and people were there uh, wanting to get close to him. Now, so he sent the disciples off. They're on the Sea of Galilee. Now, the interesting points about the Sea of Galilee, we can always see it in the back of our Bibles. But uh, interesting point is, it's on the north side of Jordan Valley, and you've got the Jordan River coming down. But there it is. Now, if you look on your map, it's a little blue spot, but that blue spot is seven miles across. And so Sea of Galilee is pretty big. It sits down in the middle of all these hills and mountain ranges, which get to about 4,000 feet above sea level. But the actual Sea of Galilee is about 650 feet below sea level, so it's quite a bit down further. And it's 100 feet deep, 150 feet deep, so it's it's a big sea. It's not just a little pond up there. It's not just a little blue spot, but it's, it's a pretty big, pretty big area. Now, what happens, it happens a lot. You see it on the west coast of the United States is how the, the, the wind and everything, it gets up in the mountains, and as the cool air rushes down the, the slopes of the hills, it collides with the warmer air down below, and storms happen. So the Sea of Galilee was a very rough area. It has storms there and, and just all kinds of things that you could run into being out on the sea. 
And so there they were. The disciples were out there and, and going along. And it said, what does it say? They were, but the boat was already a mile from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. There was a lot of things they were facing. Now, the last time in the Bible that it talks about the disciples being in a boat, they were there, but they were, had Jesus there. They got into storms. They're, they're facing all these storms, and, and Jesus is right there. They wake up Jesus up. Well, come on, wake up, wake up. You've got to help us. And he's like, why are you worried about this? And he calms the storm, calms the sea. But now they are. They're out there in the boat, and these guys were fishermen. They fished at night mainly, and so there they were. They knew how to handle the sea. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and they're just still battling the sea. They're trying their best. Seven miles across. By 3 in the morning, they would have made it across but they were only about three or four miles out. And so they were, they were sitting there struggling. They were getting there across as much as they could. And so in the next section, it says, Around three in the morning, he came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. All right, so imagine this. You're out there. They didn't have lights back then. All you had was the moon and the stars. And... Uh, you know, we learned at camp there are a ton of stars that you don't see here. You look up and you see a few stars, but you look out and when you're out there in the darkness, there's a ton of stars, but it's not going to shine a huge light. So they're out there in the crashing waves. All of a sudden, they see something walking up. Now, I'm, I don't know. I haven't been in this situation, but I think I would be terrified as well. All right? I think I would be pretty scared. I mean, many of us would be of just seeing something come across. And it said, look like a ghost. Now, this isn't talking about the Holy Spirit. We didn't see the Holy Spirit walking across. But the term in ghost in this, in the Greek, means magic. They thought something magical was happening. They didn't know what it was. Somehow, somebody's walking across. Now, I'm going to think something weird's happening anyway because there it is. You see somebody walking across the water. You don't know what it is. And so there it is. They're scared to death. They don't know what's going on. And so it says it's a ghost, and they cried out in fear. They're, they're upset. They don't know what's happening. The next section says, Immediately Jesus spoke to them, Have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. Now, if you're Peter, you're probably thinking, Hmm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Jesus, if it's you, come on, come on. Call me, I'll come. And Jesus says, come. Like, I was just kidding, God. I'm comfortable here. Those waves are high. You know, I'm not going to do this. But look back what Jesus said when he started coming up. Have courage. Now, have you ever felt like that? You've got so much going on. They just somehow fed ten to 15,000 people. Still reeling from that one. Still not understanding what's going on. They go to the hometown of the guy they're with, and he's rejected. So, man, maybe there's something to this. It's either he's really, really good, or we got some problems here. And they're dealing with the waves, dealing with the boat. We don't even know where he is this time. What is going on? How many times in our life do we have so many things going on? We're just like, we can't handle one more. Ghost across the sea, why not? Why not? Let's just have it. You know, so many things. Y'all know about the, some of the things going on in our life with the with uh, Tamara having a couple aneurysms and things going on there. Our kids, we, all, we have four kids. That's enough about that. That's, y'all understand that? <laughs> Grandma's over there laughing. You bet. They're going home with you. No. But uh, 
we have that. We've got, you know, working here. I love working here, but we've got the, the roof going on, the water line, the parking lot. We're trying to get all these things done. We're cleaning the landscape. We're doing all these many things. We prepared for a baptism last night. We've got three birthday parties yesterday, which was awesome. Uh, some of y'all think I like Whataburger. I'm not sure. I got a bunch of Whataburger gift cards. And so I certainly appreciate that. We had 85 people here yesterday, so that was a lot of fun. But besides that, uh, so we're over there, and our maintenance guy, Carl, decides to come and join our birthday party as well. And he walks in, and he says, hey, uh, we're flooding the choir room over here. Why not? Throw something else on there. You bet. We hadn't had enough fun already. So we come over here and, and uh, look, and yeah, we're, we're flooding the choir room. We were about to walk on water. I thought we would just all be sitting in water today, and God's going to make this lesson really come to life. But uh, we, got, we cleared out a lot of water. We found the issue, or thought we did. Started filling it back up. Get to going home. I'm, I'm about to leave. We almost, I was on the phone with Jesse and Wendy and saying, hey, how about a feeding trough on stage? That's going to be awesome for a baptism, right? And then tractor spot closed, so that wasn't any fun. And so it was going to be all kinds. Of, so we got it fixed. We're, we're great. We're back there, about to put the alarm code in. And I tell my son, I was like, we ought to check that one more time. Go back here. Guess what? We got another rainy condition in the choir room again. It's flooding again. It's going to have a lot of fun. We did solve the issue, but it was just one thing on top of another. Why not? Why not? And so we feel that way so many times in our life of just things hitting over and over and over. And I may be the only one who's been in that situation before, so y'all just bear with me and uh, just trust me. That's what happens. And so things happen, and there's Jesus. They're right there. Have courage. You know, yeah, that's big words for you. You're walking on the water. You bet. I'm sure you're having courage. And so the very next words, it is I. You know, if we read at first value, it is I. You bet, you're Jesus. But here is, in the Greek, it's I am. I am, all the way back to Exodus. Moses is standing there talking to a burning bush, which is crazy enough, standing in a burning bush, and he's talking, and he says, okay, you're telling me to go talk to Pharaoh to release these Israelites from them. You want me to lead these people through the you know, desert to a promised land? And so if they, just in case they ask, I don't feel like telling them a burning bush told me, who should I tell them said this? He says, I am who I am. I am. That's, who, that's what he was saying here. I am. That's all you need to know. He is. He is everything. He's a great, and we, we sang about it just a while ago. He, he's our everything. He is God. He is everything we can imagine. I am. So have courage. I am. Okay. We're getting to this now. We're, we're kind of understanding a little bit. Don't be afraid. Well, that's easy to say, but they're sitting in the boat. They've still got crashing waves all around them. Do not be afraid. Now, they're out in the darkness. The crashing waves all around them. Jesus wasn't there. But then Jesus appears in this darkness. That they are. And here goes back old Peter again. Instead of being comfortable and saying, You're right, God. You bet I'll have courage. I won't be afraid. But I want to sit right here. No. What did he say? He, he was going to be bold. If, if that is you, call to me and I'll walk out there to you. I bet the other guys were like, yeah, whatever. You're not doing that. <laughs> you, there's no way you can do that. I'm not doing it. I'm sitting in the boat. I'm staying comfortable. But what about when things happen? When things hit us? When darkness hits us? How do we act? 
You know, we could probably put ourselves in that boat several different places. We could put ourselves over here thinking, man, I wish they would row a little harder and quit paying attention to things they see on the water. I'm, I'm rowing, right? Or maybe over here and saying, yeah, but I'm going to kind of duck because the waves weren't bad enough. Now I'm seeing something on the water. I'm hallucinating. Uh, I should have ate some more bread and fish. You know, I, I'm sleepy. I'm tired. We got some issues. Or maybe you're like Peter and saying, you bet, God, you lead me. All this stuff going on, but I'm focused on you. I'm following after you and what you have me do. That's a tough one. That's a tough one when you look at all the things around us, all the things going on. I mean, you, you just watch the news and you're like, whoa, there's way too much going on. You pick up the newspaper and you're like, wow, it's even local. All these things going on in the world. I'm not sure I can do this and stepping out and taking another step following after God. So where are you in the boat? Are you over here thinking, man, they need to work a little harder and quit paying attention? Are you scared or are you stepping out and saying, you know, God, I'm here. I'm following you. Where, where are we going with this? Wherever you are, fear and faith cannot coexist. You may have fear and fearing of what's happening or you may have faith, God, tell me which way I'm going. But you can't have both. You can't say, God, I'm following you as long as it's easy. Don't make me step too hard. Don't make this job any harder than it has to be. I want the easiest thing possible. Now, when you step in faith, you step in faith, you follow him. You follow after what he has. They cannot coexist and still live for Christ. So, what about this? I when I've read this so many times, and I love reading the Bible because these passages, I've read this passage so many times growing up as a kid. But every time, like pastors say, you read it, you pick up something else. I'm seeing Peter over here sitting down, and he's, he's battling the storm. He's probably standing up and kind of giving some instructions here and there. But you know what? Jesus is coming. He's not just saying, hey, come on, get in the boat, help us out. He's living. He's about to get out of this boat. He's about to live. He's, he's seeing Jesus there. We saw what he did. You know, he can change our circumstances, but we can't do that just sitting right here. Jesus is there. And so many times he, Jesus is right there calling us to do something. Here I am. Have courage. Don't be afraid. And we'll say, God, if you want me to do this, if you want me to go on the mission trip with the students, if you want me to teach VBS, if you want me to go to kids camp, Wow, bless your heart. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, if you want me to do that, you bet I'll go. You bet. Stepping out, having faith, living for Christ, not just sitting back and joining, but actually stepping out and living. That's what Peter was doing. He was living. He was going to step out. He was going to get after it and go after it. Next section, in verse 29 says, Come, he said. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water. All right, that's probably freaking his friends out right there, right? What do you think they're doing? You think they're cheering him? Go, Peter. Way to go, Pete. Nice job. Or you think they're saying, you must be crazy. What are you doing? You're going to drown. You're going to fall. I'm sure they probably want the most encouraging team there. But he said, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You have little faith. Why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. 
Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly you are the Son of God. So Peter stepped out of the boat. He was doing the impossible. He was walking on water. There he was, walking on water. All these things going on. And Peter kind of got focused on that. He was focused on God walking fine. But then he realized the, the wind, realized the waves, what was hitting him, what was battling him. And what did it say? He began to sink. Now Peter knew how to swim. We see after the resurrection, they're fishing out there, and Jesus on the on the bank, he's cooking fish, and uh, Jesus tells him, "I had the fish are on the other side of the boat." And yeah, whatever. And so they catch the fish. Peter realizes him. He jumps out of the boat and he swims all the way back to the bank. So Peter knows how to swim. It's not that he took lessons later on or anything. So he knew that, but he's sitting there walking to Jesus, and he begins to sink. My Bible doesn't say that he began to drown. And then Jesus picked him up. But he began to sink. He said, Lord, save me. Now, how many times are we in a difficult spot? And said, Lord, save me. Lord, just help me with this. We got so much going on. So many things happening. Lord, just, I don't even know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's going on. But just, Lord, save me with this. That's where Peter is. Peter was walking. Jesus was taking care of him, walking on the water. He had the power to do this. But he starts thinking, Lord, save me. And this next word, I love. Because you see the father aspect, the first word, immediately, Jesus didn't wait. You know, when our kids holler, Dad, please help me, what do we do? We move quickly, right? We move. They holler, Dad, because they don't know that, that I mean, Fletcher has a, a sign in his house. Dad's the boss, Mom said. I love it. You know, Dad's the boss, Mom said. So they say, Dad, come save me. And when we move immediately, that's where Jesus is. Immediately, he reached his hand out to save him. And then what does it say next? Uh, Peter started walking on the water. Okay, that's, immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? Jesus was taking care of him. Jesus had him walking on the water to him. An amazing feat. All these things happening. But then as he started singing, he immediately grabbed him. You have little faith. Why do you doubt? To me, I, thought, I would have thought Peter had great faith. He stepped out of the boat. He was trying to change the situation, get to Jesus, and do some things that, that were just impossible. But yet, he got focused on everything else going on. He got focused on the storm, focused on the waves, just like we would. And Jesus had to save him. Jesus had to help him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. What it says in John is that as soon as he got in the boat, immediately they were at their location. That's pretty cool. That's easier to believe than Jesus walking on water and Peter walking on water. But it says immediately he was at his location. The wind has ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly you are the Son of God. Now, this is a sharp contrast. Last time they were on the boat, as I mentioned, Jesus was there. He was sleeping and things like that. Jesus got up. He calmed the storm. And here's what the disciples said in Matthew chapter 8, 27. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. They went from what kind of man is this to seeing him feed so many. Still kind of trying to put it all together in their head. Yet, they see Jesus walking toward them. And not only do they have Peter walk on the water, 
But as soon as he gets in the boat, the winds cease. All the struggling that they'd gone through all night long, trying to get their boat where it needed to be, Jesus enters the picture. He steps in and, and calms it all. So they go from, who is this man, to truly, you are the Son of God. Verse 33 is interesting. Uh, the more I looked into it, uh, it said, uh, then those in the boat worshipped him and said, truly, you are the Son of God. This is the first time in the Gospels it mentions that the disciples worshipped him. Can you imagine being with Jesus every day? We read the stories. We see what happened. And yet, went to all this length, and he, now they worship him. Imagine if you're Jesus, and you're picking your disciples to start with. Yeah, you know, he, he had it all laid out of who he would pick. That he would pick Matthew, the tax collector. That he would pick the fishermen to go with him, because they're going to be on the sea, Right? And he would pick the sons of thunder, James and John. James, John, who being the son of thunder because he was always, you know, always quick to, quick to speak and quick to think his mind, but yet he turns into the disciple Jesus loved and the disciple that talks mostly about the love of Jesus. Jesus had a plan, and the disciples he picked, those that were in that boat that day, he had a plan for those people. He had a plan for exactly the ones he chose. Exactly the ones to put in the position that he did. Exactly the ones to put in the position that we're living. The things that are on our plates, the things that we're living through, the things that we're facing, God has a plan for it. I was talking to Betty Westbrook this morning after 8.30, and she stopped me and she said, y'all are busy. Y'all have four kids. Yes, we do. A lot of people do, but she said, no, y'all are busy. Y'all just got a lot going on. I said, yes, ma'am, we, we do. It's great. And she said, but you know what? God has all that on you for a reason. Oh, I wish I knew the reason now so we could figure it all out and get it all solved, you know? But the things we deal with, the things we walk through, there's a reason for it. And many times we get to the point of just saying, Lord, save me. That may be the reason right there. Maybe God is just wanting to, you to stop and say, save me. I need you. I need you. You know, Peter acted pretty quickly in saying, Lord, I'll walk to you. But it may be the point that Jesus was trying to teach him that you can do this in my power, but when you get focused on other things and take your focus off me, it's back to Lord, save me. I'm still fearful. I'm still in the boat. I'm scared to death. That's where everybody was dealing with. When he stepped out, it wasn't, he didn't want... You know, wasn't Peter doing that? It was God working through him. God working, having him walk on the water just as Peter had asked. But then as he focused on other things, Lord, save me, as he began to sink. So we see a transition in these few verses. In 27, it says, Have courage, it is I, the great I am. There it is. It is I. Peter says, If it's you, then yes, call me. And Jesus says, come. There's a big transition there that, that happens in all of our lives. We find out who God is. And then we take that step, and if it's you, God, I'll make that decision. And he says, come. Now, I've faced that decision several times in my life. Eight years ago, I was just an engineer thinking, oh, I was teaching adult Sunday school, 
thing, and, and I got asked, hey, how about teaching in the children's department? Yeah, sure, you know. A guy my height, a guy doing engineering, I am the most uh, fun guy to be around, right? You bet. I can teach them all about lines and circles. And, but, you know, sitting and coloring a page is actually pretty cool, a lot of fun now. But anyway, taking that step, working in children's ministry, and then taking the step to come and, and we're doing engineering and children's ministry here at the same time for the last five years and really working in that. I was like, okay, that's a step. We'll do this. It's a lot of work. We're, we're working through it. But then in the last five months, taking that step again and saying, I'm going full, t- for, full uh, time into this. And it doesn't mean it gets easier. No way. I'm still struggling with the things I was struggling back here. This, all this, this, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on in all of our lives. And yet God brings us to the point of making decisions countless times. You may be past the decision of faith. It may be the decision of job situation. It may be the decision of career situation. Moving different places. We all have different decisions. We all have different things on our hearts and our minds that we face all the time. And yet so many things on us. And we get to the story of Peter. Jesus saying, come. Jesus leading the way. But yet when Peter starts to fall, Jesus is right there to catch him. I'm there. Oh, you little faith. And they get right back in the boat, and there they go. They're there, and and, uh, here's, here's what I really enjoy about this. The disciples just now figured out who Jesus is, and they begin to worship him. Looking in the next section. Once they crossed over, they came to the land of Genesaret. When the men of that place recognized him, they alerted the whole vicinity and brought to him all who were sick. They were begging him that they might only touch the tassel of his robe, and as many as touched it were perfectly well. These were the guys that were with Jesus every day, and they had to go through so much to get to the point where they worshiped God. Truly, you are the Son of God. But yeah, he lands at this place, the people see him, that's Jesus. Let's go get our friends. Let's go get them. All the hurt, the sick, they bring them to him. Just not to give him a hug and kiss and hopefully minister to him and stuff. No, just to touch tassel on his robe. Right along the hem, they had tassels that would hang. Just to touch that and know that they would be healed. Where are we in our faith? Sometimes we get so much that it takes a long time for us to say, truly, you are the Son of God. Truly, this is who God is. And yet, these people, they had just saw him, recognized him. That's the one. I'm going to go get my friends. We're going to come back because if I just touch his robe, that's all I need. And just by doing that, he healed so many sick ones. And we're right there. Jesus has has a call on all of us. Come. It may be a call to accept him as Lord. It may be a call to to figure out who he is, just like the disciples did. Going through all the struggles in your life, coming to the point of, God, Lord, help me. Save me. Getting that point. Or maybe a stepping out and taking a a step down the road. Taking a step in a career, like I was saying, or a job or situation. God has a call on all of us. Maybe it's just to, to be a better Christian following after him. Stepping in line, stepping, following after him, doing the things to do. Not so much focused on other things, but doing, following after him 
and doing what we should. When I've asked uh, some people in the past to help out in children's ministry, and uh, I get several responses, but one, I, one response I got one time is, uh, you just don't know me very well. You know, I don't have to know everything about you. God knows who you are. I may have too much baggage. I, I don't know that I could work with children and stuff like that. Talk about baggage. What did Jesus have going on? We talked about that. It was just being rejected, losing his, his cousin, his best friend, trying to get rest, and 15,000 people come up to and want to hear him, and now they've got to feed him. Then he was walking on the sea, and his closest friends are scared to death of him, and finally they, they believe in him. There's so many things going on in this section. But yeah, what Jesus is showing them is, here he is. The great I am is right there. Right there. God, if you call us to do something, he says, come. God is at work. Like I mentioned at the start of the, the, uh, the sermon, God, God is at work in this church. God is at work in the lives. I love seeing what the student ministry is doing. I love getting students involved in children's ministry. I love what's going on in the children's ministry. In fact, next month we've got four baptisms. I'm already in the works trying to plan out and see when we can schedule those in. i got two next week. So many things going on God is at work in. So many kids are hearing the voice of God saying, come, follow me. And they're answering that call. Even as adults, we get called the same. Come, follow me. Come, accept me as Lord. Or maybe you've, you've done that, but you know, haven't lived exactly the way you should or just struggling with things. Lord, save me. He's saying, come. Come, follow after me. Come, trust in me. I'm here. Or maybe you see the things going on here and you've, you've visited several times and you, you kind of think, hmm, I need a church home. I need a place to plug in, to get involved with. Come, come and join us. God is at work. God is working through the people here. Just as this story, we all have storms in our lives. We all have things going on, but there's Jesus walking across the sea to us saying, come, come follow me. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this lesson. This lesson was where it's you walking across the water, Peter getting out of the boat. We've heard it so many times, but yet so many times we miss the things that you're just calling us to come to follow you. Lord, thank you for loving us so much that, that you wouldn't give up. Even your closest friends, your disciples that were with you, you still kept on as you ministered to others, you were ministering to them, showing, you who they, showing them who you were and who you are. Lord, be with us. Speak to our hearts. Tell us how we need to respond to you, how we need to come to you and, and just reach out to you. Lord, there's so many things going on in our lives. Help us through these. Lord, save us. Please help us. In the silence of this time, Lord, as we sing, Lord, just please help us to listen to your voice. And here you call. In your name we pray. Amen.